Welcome to Mission in Action, the audio experience for Newground, a Muslim-Jewish partnership for change. We are a nonprofit with a vision of an American society where Muslims and Jews are empowered to create lasting partnerships and engage in authentic communication and mutual cooperation. On this podcast, you'll find a mix of our keynotes, workshops, interviews, speeches, and other audio from events led by our team. This week's episode is from Newground's 2014 Spotlight Storytelling event. Our speaker is Hoda Yutani, and her story is entitled, Coming Out as Muslim. We hope you enjoy. What's in a name? Is it Huda, as in Huda man, Yuda man? Huda Honda in here? Or is it Hoda, like Hoda, Yoda, Soda, Pagoda? These were only a few of the chants that my friends from middle school through high school would sing about me jokingly. The nickname that stuck the most was Yoda, since it rhymed a lot with my real name's pronunciation, Hoda. My parents chose to spell my name with a U that is silent when pronounced. H-O-U-D-A, a grammatical choice shaped by the French colonialism that Lebanon underwent prior to its independence in 1943. It was not until several years ago that I began to embrace the U in my name to symbolize the uniqueness of the life that I have led so far. Even though many people almost never get my heritage correct that I am Lebanese, I have learned to embrace these encounters as opportunities to answer others' questions about my name's origin. In Arabic, it means guidance as in guidance to a righteous path. It could also mean gifted. As you can see, however it sounds in English, it is not a frivolous name when said in its original language. I never felt embarrassed to explain this. I always enjoyed the distinction. But then the, uh, the tragic events of September 11th took place. My mother, aunt, and grandmother warned me to not tell a soul that I was a Muslim and of Arab descent, out of fear of being attacked and harassed by others. If people insisted, I was told to lie and say that I was of Italian descent. Now, as a child of 14 years of age, I felt helpless and scared. From that day forward, I began to see myself as the other, even though no one ever did or said anything against me. I had recurring nightmares that my friends and classmates would attack me and bully me if they were to ever find out my true identity. I lived as an in-closet Muslim for almost an Arab for almost about two years, until one day I confessed my true story to a few of my closest friends. And I also attended a lecture by Yolanda King Jr., who is the daughter of Martin Luther King Jr., In her lecture, she talked about the significance of celebrating our diversity within the delicate threads of the human tapestry that we form. From that moment on, I decided and gathered my courage that I would never lie about who I was. Then the questions began. Why are you not allowed to date? How can you go 30 days without eating or drinking? Why can't you eat pork? How come, are you Sunni or are you Shiite? How come you don't wear the hijab, which is the headscarf? My experience of coming out was nothing like what I had seen in my nightmares. I addressed their questions with delight. I did my best to show them 
that we are all humans, similar in many ways, but each having their own unique voice and story as an individual. To my dismay, the more I addressed their questions, the more I began to realize that I was different than them. My conservative upbringing and strict lifestyle did not allow me to liberally mix with many of the practices my friends at school live by. How I longed to have been able to have attended at least just one school dance, even if it meant I had no date and my parents were the chaperones. There were many moments where I wished I was allowed to spend more time with friends outside of school. It was in these moments by themselves that I would feel alone and like the other again. Now, although I partook in many school clubs and sports teams, I longed to be with those who were of my ethnic background and faith. To them, I did not have to explain who I was or why I did and did not do certain things. They already understood. Once I reached the wider and more diverse world of college, my wish came true. Muslims and Arabs were are all around me. I felt an adrenaline rush from the joy and excitement, but this euphoria did not last long. As I became more involved with various mosques and volunteered with different Muslim organizations, my efforts to climb higher on the rungs of the ladder of social responsibilities were limited and restricted. It never occurred to me until a few years later that there is an unspoken level of discrimination against non-hijabis within the Muslim community. When the youth group at my mosque had to choose two hosts, one male and one female, for an annual talent show banquet that united all youth groups from mosques across Southern California, despite my experience with public speaking, there were some who did not want me to represent them, simply because I did not wear the hijab. Fortunately, I was picked anyway, but this made something very clear to me. Regardless of your achievements, academically and professionally, if you are a female who does not wear the headscarf, you immediately drop down in the eyes of many Muslims who see you as someone who is not as pious as someone who does wear the hijab. Merit, intellect, credibility, and personality all are secondary <clears throat> if you do not wear the hijab when someone forms a judgment about you. I was surprised to find this as actually an attitude existing as a stereotype within the diverse groups of Muslims on campus and within the Muslim community at large. When I realized this harsh reality, I was felt in a, left in a chokehold. Not only am I an outsider amongst non-Muslims for practicing my Muslim faith, but also I am seen as an outsider within, within the Muslim community as well. Now, many Muslims will say that there are many non-hijabi women who can be much more pious than a woman who has worn the hijab all her life. In theory, it is easy to say so, but in the unspoken practice of our community, there is a default to an older view. This is the first time where I have ever spoken about this matter in public. Although I have been discriminated against for not wearing the hijab, it does not mean I have anything against it. On the contrary, whether a person chooses to wear it or not is a decision between them and God, and it's a spiritual one as well. In fact, I see myself as wearing it sometime in the future, but it will be when I feel that the time is right and it will be my own decision. My life has taught me that choices only have meaning when you can examine them for yourself. You need to also understand their meaning as well. 
You are responsible for every aspect of your life. I am grateful to my parents for that extra you in my name. I have chosen for it to believe that it represents three things, me, myself, and I. Three words and components at the forefront of my being. So when asked, who the man, I will respond, I the man. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Aziza Hassan, the executive director of Newground, a Muslim Jewish partnership for change. Thank you for sharing your time with us today and for listening to this episode of our podcast. At Newground, we believe that conflict is natural and inevitable, yet not intractable, no matter the history. Being stuck is a choice. That's why we build relationships between Muslims and Jews so that they can transform their communities through lasting partnerships. If you'd like to learn more about our mission or support this podcast and Newground's work, please visit mjnewground.org. That's M for Muslim, J for Jew, newground.org. Or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you.